Hi everyone, welcome to the first episode of Game Store Confessions, presented by Hyperkin. I'm your host, Terrence James. And also your host, Celia Beth. Game Store Confessions is a podcast where we interview independent video game store owners. It's where we get to explore the untold stories of the modern day game shop. You'll learn about the origin of your favorite stores and the hidden gems that they uncover. So today we actually got to interview uh, Garrett Egan from Cartridges Galore. Uh, he's a co-owner of the you know of that shop. Actually, they have many shops. They have eight locations in a couple different states. Um, you know, it's a really good conversation. He's a great guy. And what did you think about the interview, Celia? I thought it was super interesting. Um, I loved hearing about all the trade-ins and the surprise celebrity guest that came in. That was cool. Definitely. Without further ado, this is our interview with Garrett Egan of Cartridges Galore. We're here with Garrett Egan. Am I pronouncing that right? You are, yes. Uh, with From Cartridges Galore. Garrett, could you tell us a little bit about the store? Maybe, you know, your first of all, like your location, how many locations do you have? And yeah, just uh, let us know a little bit about uh, the store and, uh, um, you know, how, how it all started. Sure. Well, first and foremost, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. We've been uh, dealing with Hyperkin now for about five or six years, but our business um, started well before that. Uh, co-owner and myself, Chris, began the store kind of out of our own homes um mm-hmm. we lived together and started going to yard sales and things of that nature and, and finding a lot of old video games we actually and it's turned into now eight locations over three states um those states include maryland pennsylvania and then west virginia and it has been a wild ride to say the least we employ about 20 to 30 um guys and girls uh, from all different walks of life and you know it's eight stores and in three states and all those employees there are plenty of war stories and plenty of funny stories back and forth um, that we've compiled over the years and a lot of the things it's it's hard to even imagine that they've happened but uh, it's been a wild ride and and you know we've had a lot of fun with it up until this point wow eight stores um, so where where are they located in Maryland, uh, our mm-hmm. first ever store is in our hometown of Cumberland, Maryland. Uh, it's a small canal boat community in the rolling hills of the Appalachians in western Maryland. Um, then we have a store about five minutes away from that. It's in a, it's in a more commercial location um, where you see a lot of chain restaurants and things of that nature. That's in LaVale, Maryland, so that's number two. And then more east of Maryland, we have one in Hagerstown, which is about an hour away from our hometown. And then a half hour past that, Frederick, Maryland, Pennsylvania, we have um, Johnstown, which is about an hour away, Altoona, which is an hour away the other way, and then State College, Pennsylvania, which is where, you know, Penn State is located. So that's one of our newer stores, as well as Frederick and State College are are the two newest stores that we've, we've opened. Um, and then in West Virginia, we have one in Morgantown, Morgantown, West Virginia, which is right down the street. You could basically throw a stone from the front stoop and hit uh, the campus of WVU. So eight in total. Um, and like I said, 20 to 30 employees to go with it. Okay. So, you know, um, every store kind of has their own, um, I guess, their own niche or likes their own mm-hmm. um I guess like angle. Some stores do more trading card games. Some stores will do comic books and kind of sell games off to the side. Uh, what would you say is like your, uh, you know, like some some stores do like modern. Some stores do mostly retro. What would you say is your uh, your specialty? I guess. Well, when we started out, our specialty was retro video games. The original Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, and Nintendo sixty four. But we've seen kind of a change uh, a change in that. So when we started, it was when this big retro video game boom had just started where people around our age had basically moved out of of mommy and daddy's house, got their own place, graduating from college, out on their own, 
and now having a job and having some money and a little bit of you know extra income or extra money lying around remembered playing the old cartridge games remember blowing into the cartridges to get them to work and <laughs> all that childhood and nostalgia kind of comes flowing back and it was a it was a huge boom in the industry in the, in the video game industry uh, retro video games and getting the systems and the video game consoles that you grew up on getting them again playing the games with your friends that maybe you grew up with and kind of going back rather than going forward i and this is just me speaking to myself i think at some point you kind of get bored with the same old same old where mm-hmm. there's another call of duty coming out next year and it seems like you're just going through the motions and playing the same game with a different label on it. So it was a nice change of pace, and that's how we started out with specializing in, in retro games. Now, fast forward to five and six years down the road, we are now carrying more um, new releases. So, for example, today, uh, on January 29th, Kingdom Hearts 3 just dropped, so we get those new releases. <laughs> and There's no evidence it, that it's, it's, it's coming out. Yeah. I, I, like, I know it's out, and I know that you have them in your store. Yeah, but, but... there's no evidence that Kingdom Hearts 3 is ever coming out. Yeah, I don't, I don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, that's, that's kind of the sentiment that, that we've gotten uh, plenty, plenty of times. Yeah. Um, but we, we started out specializing in the retro, and now I would say that 70 to 75% of our business is new-gen trade-ins, new-gen games, um, and new releases that people now... Instead of going to the big box stores and going to, you know, your chain video game store coming to us knowing that our business model has changed and and now that we carry that sort of stuff. So started out with the retro, but now we do new gen and new releases. And um, yeah, like you said, each store has its own has its own niche. I would say that Altoona, Pennsylvania and Morgantown, West Virginia and Frederick, Maryland still really have a big retro video game following. Mm -hmm. Whereas the other stores like State College in LaVale, Maryland, um, and even Johnstown, people are actively looking for an alternative outlet to get their new gen games and their new releases. And that's where we've kind of stepped in and, and how we've transitioned to, to that niche of the industry. Oh, wow. That's, that's really interesting. So you'd say that your customers, like, you know, for the ones that are looking for, like, new gen games, are they also the same type of people that are looking at the old gen? Or are they, like, in the, the new gen market that, like... Or specifically looking for those. So if you have like a Venn diagram, you know, the two circles and then there's the overlap in the middle, I would definitely say that there are two in video games. um, There's two walks of life. There are the diehard retro gamers on the left. And then on the (laughs) right side, you have, you know, some of the the younger gamers um, or video game uh, aficionados who are only interested in you know battle royale fortnite PUBG, new gen games but there is there is a lot of overlap i would say that you know parents now are around my age and our age and where they're buying their kids you know the newest gen game or the new the new release but still in their own right um want the retro stuff too and stuff they grew up on so there is overlap um, in general, there's two different walks of, of life in terms of video gaming, but I would say that there's definitely an overlap, and and we see the same people that come in and get like you know the new Switch release of Smash Brothers will come in the next week, and that's kind of wet their appetite, and they come in the next week and want like the N64 version or the or the GameCube version mm-hmm. because they miss playing or they miss firing up their GameCube and and holding that gaudy controller and and mm-hmm. playing the old style small disc games, so. Yeah, there's definitely overlap, but um, still some separation in between the two. So, okay, so are there any stories that you can share about the store um, regarding customers? Has anyone come in and just like, uh, you know, we always hear stories about people trying to trade stuff and it's just like a really weird or outrageously, like an outrageous offer, you know, uh, just horror stories, stuff like that. Anything, um, unwholesome stories too, anything you can share? Um, I would say, I mean, there's plenty of stories, the ones that come to mind. So you talk about trade ends and, and it's, it's, it's always really a dance between the customer and us because, you know, the customer comes in and they remember buying a game for 60 bucks and just the way it works is, and what I liken it to, it's kind of like buying a used car 
where you buy a car or a brand new car and you drive it off the lot and you may have paid, you know, 30 grand for that car, but as soon as you drive it off the lot, it's only worth 20 grand or 15 grand. So we, we kind of try and explain that to people. And it's, it's growing up gaming and growing up buying video games. It's a tough pill to swallow, but there are obviously always some customers that say, well, I have a, you know, I have 60 bucks in this game. And here we are three down three years down the line. I'd like to get 40 out of it or $50 out of it. And it's, that's just not how it works. But I think the, one of the coolest trade-ins, uh, that comes to mind, we had just hired. So we had a, we had a location up in Frostburg, Maryland that we kind of inherited from another video game store competitor that was in the area and kind of waved the white flag and, and we absorbed them. And, mm-hmm. um, but we kept that, that store open for, for another year and a half. Um, just out of necessity and we had just hired this this young guy from from the college up there in Frostburg and we were down in the office one day and his name was Walt and he wrote me on Facebook Messenger and said uh, a couple messages came through and he said hey we might want to we might want to put this one on eBay and I kind of glanced down at my phone and he was I mean he was new like he was new to the business and I kind of kind of rolled my eyes and was like, oh no, what, what did he do wrong this time? And I looked down and I opened up the picture and here it was the very, very rare um, NES game, the Flintstones game that's worth like $600, oh, wow. uh, the Dinosaur <laughs> Peak. And here he had bought it off of a guy who came in with a shoebox of video games and mm. said, you know, I'm just, I found these in my attic. Um, you know, these are my brothers and he doesn't live here anymore. And, I mean, the, the box was filthy. It was covered in dust, and mm-hmm. it looked like it was in a crawl space. And he was like, if you can just give me 20 bucks, I'd take it. So Walt buys it, not even looking up anything. It was probably <laughs> about 20 games. And then after the guy leaves, looks up the games and was like, oh, God. Oh, <laughs> um, oh my God. Is this, is this for real? <laughs> um, and I, I mentioned how, you know, over the years, we didn't start out with brick-and-mortar stores. Mm-hmm. Um, we started out putting a classified in our local newspaper saying, Hey, do you have old video games? Any, you know, want to get cash? We'll come to you and buy them. And we, we had our own nine to five jobs, Chris and I. And after we would get off from work, we'd go back uh, to our house that we were renting and then change, turn around and, and drive to, you know, a sheets or a, a gas station and meet people and, and answer and call these people back and go to people's houses. And that's kind of how the business all started. Um, so those are a couple of stories we've gotten, you know, stadium events, which is a really rare NES game oh, brought yeah. into our Hagerstown mm-hmm. store. Wow. Um, that was big. We've had people, um, celebrities that have come into the store. For example, the one guy, Michael, uh, Thomason, who was the Guinness Book of World Records a record holder for the largest video collection, video game collection in the world? Whoa. He actually, in the past couple of years, has come into several of our stores to buy games. And I think it was in 2016 or 2017 he sold his collection. Wow! And sold everything that he had, and in the the price amount has been rumored, but talking to him he basically said you know i can't due to legal reasons i can't actually say how much you know i, I got off of it and i i'm not really sure exactly why but any, at any rate he can, he's now turned around and is starting to collect again and he'll come into some of our stores mm-hmm. and start buying just random rag games like games that are dollar two dollars mm-hmm. so that's really really cool when you're recognized by somebody with that much clout in the industry just for collecting where you know, he comes into one of your stores and and has the opportunity and, and wants to to buy games off of you. We've we've had crazy stuff over the years. We've had people bring in entire collections of Super Nintendo games and Sega games and video game kiosks that used to be in malls and arcade mm-hmm. machines. And just today, um, about two hours before you guys gave me a call, somebody into our Frederick, Maryland store brought in 500 nes games and just brought just brought brought them all in and basically said you know shoot me an offer and this is thousands upon thousands of dollars that are being spent on old video games that you know we and that's kind of how the business works so uh it's it's been 
like I mentioned, it's been really a wild ride and it's hard to think of all the stuff that has come in over the years because if you ask one employee that's that works at like the Lavelle, Maryland store, mm-hmm. he might have a story of, you know, buying an N64 collection that was brand new in the box and games. And you might talk to somebody up in Pennsylvania who remembers somebody coming from the Goodwill bringing in a double sided one side's the Nintendo 64 logo, the other side's the PlayStation logo, a light up sign that basically is is almost priceless. Like if you look up oh look up that item up on eBay or, yeah. or online, people are like, you know, this is a an ultra rare item. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's priceless. It's hard to put a price on it. So we've had plenty of great trade ins. We've been very lucky, but I think luck only goes so far. Um, because there's a reason why these people trust us and, and bring us their items. The another celebrity that comes to mind and um, came into our Hagerstown store, mm-hmm. um, the guy from Gym Class Heroes. Oh, Travis <laughs> Travis McCoy. Wow, that's awesome. Um, so that's we so had cool. a girl that was working for us on Sundays, and she we have like our own Facebook group um, with it, and it has all the employees in it, and that way we can post like deals that are coming up and. If one store is looking for items or is low on, say, PlayStation 4 controllers, they can write on that group and say, hey, guys, you know, I'm, I'm out of this or I'm out of that. But the, the girl who was working for us at the time at our Hagerstown store, it was a Sunday afternoon, and she said, hey, uh, just want to let you know this guy came in is looking for GameCube games. And here <laughs> it's, it's a funny story because he, he was actually returning a game that didn't work, and it was a GameCube game. And I was looking at the at the picture she put up, and I was like, the guy kind of looks familiar. And here she, she had commented under it and said, basically, that's right. That's Travis McCoy from uh, <laughs> from Gym Class Heroes. And he has – I think he has family in that area. Oh, okay. And basically came in and was like, yeah, I was, I've been really meaning to, to get back and play some GameCube again. So it's somewhere in, the, in America, wherever – uh, Travis is living. There is a cartridges galore GameCube and cartridges galore games with him. So that's that's really really cool, and that's something that you know does, it's once in a lifetime that uh, some of these celebrities have come in and and bought games from us and interacted with some of our employees. So it's really really cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Wow. I, I met I met him briefly. I mean, uh-huh. sort of. It was like when Gym Class Heroes went on their first Warp tour. Uh-huh. It was like uh-huh. 2004. And him and the rest of the guys were just doing a meet and greet. But there was no line because no one knew who they were yet. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty cool. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, after that, I think, like, they just skyrocketed. Yeah, they, they blew up. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah, I think cool. he was engaged to Katy Perry at one point. Yeah, so. yeah. that's her ex before Russell. But according, according to her, he was a really down-to-earth guy, was in video games, and just mm-hmm. kind of... And at one part of me wanted to, to have her get a picture with him and, you know put that all over our store's Facebook page. And then she, she was like, honestly, I, I don't really want to do that. Like, you know, he kind of likes his privacy and just yeah. in here shopping for video games. So rather than flaunt it and use it to, hey, look at us, um, we kind of just let him do his thing, buy some video games and and move on. But he, he said he would be back next time he was in town. So, uh, yeah, that's that's really, really cool. And <laughs> it's cool to see celebrities that are into the same things. Like, yeah, they're they're normal people like you and I. But um, you never think that, oh, this guy who has sold millions of records might also like <laughs> might like video games. So, yeah, yeah that's another yeah. really cool story. <laughs> um, let's see. Okay, so um, tell us a little bit about, like, some of the items in, I guess, the store that you're in right now. I mean... What are sure. some of the rarest items that you, you would say you have or what's like your f- most favorite item in the store? Well, I would say some of the rare items that we have in this store are like box games. So uh-huh. at any moment, a person could come in with a tote or a bag of a bunch of cartridge only, you know, like a, mm-hmm. a Mario Party or um, a Super Mario 3 but we have a lot of rare stuff that'll come in, like Neo Geo games. Like we have a bunch of box Neo Geo titles, like World Heroes and and games like that that you don't see every day. It might be four and five months um, before you see another one of those um, mm-hmm. boxed N64 games, like a bon- box Conquers Bad Fur Day. Oh, um, oh my god, <laughs> that's awesome! Yeah, really, really, really cool items like that. In terms of my personal favorite. I am partial to the Sega Genesis. 
Okay. So when Chris and I started meeting people and buying video games, that's how it started. We were going to yard sales and looking for, you know, household items because we had just rented this house and mm-hmm. we're moving out of our parents' house and we don't have silverware and we don't have plates and we don't have <laughs> furniture or anything like that. So we just started going to yard sales and he collected Super Nintendo stuff growing up and I, I played Sega Genesis. So that's how this all started where we were getting just games that we may or may not have remembered playing in a system like a a Sega and a Super Nintendo respectively and started playing these games. And then one day he got online and saw that some of these games were commanding a pretty high price tag. And these are the same games that we're finding every single Saturday that we're going, you know, yard sailing. So Mm -hmm. he was kind of the mastermind behind this whole thing. And that's when we started meeting people. And then he, he was like, you know, I really want to open up a brick and mortar store. So that's how, we transitioned from just driving to meet people at a sheets parking lot or, you know, at a local park and, and that kind of got really sketchy too. We would, we would travel 20 minutes to like this backwoods part of the area and walk up on somebody's porch and knock on their door. And I'm talking like areas where, you know, you're driving down the road and you start hearing the banjos. It's almost like <laughs> a, a new episode of deliverance. Oh my God. Um, but there was a couple times where we would meet people and, and you kind of got that alarm going off in your head. Like you may not be safe in this building. Like some of the people that you walk through the hallway and, and are rubbing elbows with, it's like, man, I don't, I don't like, we need to make this one a quick one. Uh, um, but, uh, my favorite stuff is the Sega Genesis. So we have like, you know, the game, the tick is always one of my favorites. Um, Superman, maximum carnage, which is a red the cartridge is actually red. Oh yeah. Um that's that's one of my f- personal favorites. We have one of those in the store. Um and 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 to be honest with you, I really like a lot of the new gen games. I really like and this is this might be odd and and kind of weird, but I really really enjoy the new game cases for the Xbox 1 and for the Switch. I don't know what it is about them, <laughs> but they're like they're more compact yeah. and I like yeah. the way that they they spine on a shelf. So having an abundance of those is very, very cool for me as well. So mm-hmm. it's kind of chef's choice and, and pick your poison. But for me, those are some of the rare items that we have in the store. Also, probably the rarest thing that has been a staple at this location is a Super Nintendo kiosk with the pedestal. So oh, wow. That's cool. That, that item, we traveled – I can't think of the town. It was basically – if you drop the dot in the middle of the state of Pennsylvania, I can't think of the name of the town, but we traveled up there one night. I forget how Chris found it on the internet. This guy might have been on Craigslist. This guy said, hey, I'm selling a couple Super Nintendo kiosks. And we got a hold of him. And we, we drove like two hours. And we, we roll up on this guy's house. And it's in a real nice part of town, you know, right off of a golf course. Like all the houses look the same. But these are like three and four and $500,000 homes. Mm-hmm. And this guy comes out front. He's a real nice guy, and we're talking to him. And he's like, you know, are you guys into to older video games? We're like, yeah. So we had already bought the the Super Nintendo kiosk and you know paid out our nose for it, but it was worth it because it still works and people still walk in and and basically melt and their knees get weak whenever they see that because they remember going into to stores and, and playing on these kiosks. Well, the guy opens up his garage door, and as the garage door is going up, it's almost like you can hear like the heavens singing because wall to wall in this guy's garage, it is nothing but video games. And I'm talking like like 10 feet high boxes of games in excess. And then he was like, well, that's not all. So then we walked down into his basement and it's the same thing. I literally, and I don't use that, that word very, very often, (laughs) literally, but I literally could have jumped and literally swam in this guy's video games that he had. And, and we kept in contact for him for a couple of years and would buy stuff from time to time, but it was incredible. So the rarest thing in this store is that item because, I mean, that's worth a couple of thousand dollars yeah. right there working. So oh my that's God. really yeah. cool. Was, was that guy yeah. a collector, or did he just really, really, really like having all video games <laughs> ever? <laughs> I think, honestly, honestly, I think it was a little bit of both because oh, okay. he was collecting, but he also was reselling to other people. Mm. And jokingly, I said, well, you know, what's it going to take to take everything out of this house? And, and I think he knew I was serious, but he kind of backpedaled a little bit because I think it's, it's almost like 
the show Hoarders when these people, you know, know that they have too much stuff, but it's a part of them now and they don't want to see an empty. In this guy's case, he would rather see, you know, wall to wall video games and have too much of it rather than to sell it all and have an empty house. So, Mm -hmm. uh, he was a little bit of both, but he was a really cool guy, and and, and that's just a kind of a one-in-a-million shot mm-hmm. where you answer a Craigslist ad, and, and you drive two hours, and you may never come back. You never know. I mean, it, it could have been a, you know, a bait, a baiting <laughs> of some type, yeah. but uh, well, not only did we come out unscathed, but we met this really cool guy who provided us with a lot of stuff for a couple of years, so yeah. Okay, well, um, I'm happy that everything worked out and it was yeah. good. <laughs> um, yeah, this interview may have never happened had that gone south. You never know. Oh, man. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I think a, a cool Craigslist story that happened to me was uh, I went to go, because uh, I make 8-bit music, and I was picking up um, this like little mini Casio keyboard. It was a, from the 80s from some guy yeah. on Craigslist. And um, yeah, I got there, and apparently he's like one of like the original like American Casio like a salesman from the 80s so he would oh, sell wow. door-to-door um and then he would act or either door-to-door or he would like uh he'd go on the road and have to sell on the road or something but he just has a ton of keyboards left and he's just been selling them on his website and uh yeah it's really cool talking to him he just talked about what it was like being a you know like a toy keyboard seller in the 80s so that was kind of cool like sometimes you just get those um those craigslist uh findings where like uh like the actual trip is more fun than the item that you bought or, you know, it could be both. But yeah. And, and along with that same kind of thing happened to us. We'll have people that have come into the store and said, Hey, you know, I used to work for X or Y at the mall for the past, you know, 10 years ago, I worked for, for so-and-so. And he was like, you guys ought to stop by and we'll, we'll, we've driven to a couple of these people's homes and the whole inside of their house, like their quote unquote man cave or their basement or their attic mm-hmm. is just filled with old memorabilia, store displays mm-hmm. and things like that. You can't I mean, you literally cannot find anymore unless you're lucky and somebody like that puts something up on the Internet and sells <laughs> it. So, yeah, I think I think that's that's one of the cool things about this industry is the people that you meet, not just the people that walk through the door. And, you know, if you have a store, but meetups and trades and and you know the people that we even meet at conventions when we do those um that's that's like half the fun is meeting these people and interacting with these people because they have war stories too they have interactions that they'll bring up or or things that they remember and it's kind of just like a big um swapping of 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 stories and likes and dislikes and 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 you get a chance with a lot of repeat customers to meet some cool people and there there's there's like lifelong customers that i'm pretty good friends with now and keep in contact with and it's just wild how you know you think of video game in this day and age being you're sitting at your house you're playing over the internet on xbox live or on playstation network and you never see anybody you think of it that way when really it, it it's the total opposite especially with the retro because people come in and you get a chance to meet them and, and talk to them and uh, that's also a cool byproduct of, of owning a video game store okay so um, you have talked to us about um, the Friday night live at 5 mm-hmm. um, thing <laughs> so it's just it's, it's a live stream it um, is yes yeah so yeah we, I actually uh, I watched it and it was actually pretty cool like I watched the the filet fish episode and oh boy. that was really intense. Uh, <laughs> I enjoyed the shout out to all the Catholic kids who uh, ate uh, filet o fishes on Friday because that's that that's my childhood. And yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah I mean, um, but yeah, it's pretty entertaining. Can you tell us more about that? And uh, what do you guys usually? I mean, um, is every episode kind of like that? Do you just uh, just binge eat McDonald's? God, I hope not. <laughs> oh man, um, that started. Several years ago, I remember that Facebook had started the whole thing where you could go live, and um, and I, I started doing it just to show off new trade-ins. And it, you know, I we weren't even on it. It was, you know, the camera facing out, and I'd walk around the store and say, "Hey, we just got this in. We just got that in." Mm-hmm. And then we, I don't know how it really transitioned to how it is today. I think it's been a slippery slope or a snowball effect, but. Um, 
we each week we just tried to do something different. We, you know, like you've seen, we talk about our monthly specials and talk about games that we would choose and we kind of tell stories of why we picked this game. We may have grown up playing it. It might be a game we've never played but always wanted to, etc. And then this past year and a half, um, Volg and I have basically transitioned into something that people can kind of get behind and can be entertaining. We've done like last year around Christmas, we I bought two quarts of eggnog and we did an eggnog uh, chug off. <laughs> oh my um, gosh, that's wonderful! I'm proud we, of you. <laughs> yeah, well, he hates eggnog and I love it. So, oh, wow. but he's we. I think we finished neck and neck. Um, we've done eating challenges like up in Morgantown, West Virginia. Uh-huh. There was a pizza joint that did this this eating challenge and it was pizza. And we traveled up there, and I took my laptop, and we went live. And in, in, in terms of individuality, Vogue totally smoked me on eating the pizza. <laughs> but it was just one of those things. I, I, I think I don't, I don't really have an answer for that. I don't know how it's gotten to this point. I, I feel like, it, like during the week, we'll, we'll be talking about food or we'll be talking about something that's going on. And I'll say, well, like the filet of fish episode – I was like, I wonder how many fillet of fishes I could I could put down, and I think I tweeted McDonald's saying that, <laughs> oh my gosh. you know, I'm 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 craving a fillet of fish, and they actually replied to me and said, we'll have one waiting for you. So, whenever I ordered twenty of them, um, and was waiting in the the McDonald's that was right up the street, the employees there really weren't behind that video idea at all. They kind of <laughs> were scowling at me and was like, what in the world are you doing with twenty fillet of fishes? But it it's just something quirky we try and do something different rather than sit there and and like a couple of talking heads and just say hey these are our monthly specials this is what we're doing it can that can kind of you got wear out your welcome and people i think if you keep doing that they'll tune in for a second and think oh they're just doing the same old th- same old same old i don't need to keep watching if you watch one of these you watched a thousand so each week like for example this week we are doing a spinoff or a spoof of a YouTube series called Hot Ones, where um, there's this there's this company that they they take ten ch- ten chicken wings and then ten of the world's hottest sauces, and they have celebrities and like uh-huh. musicians come on, and they start at something mild and work their way up to like a million Scovilles, mm-hmm. which is you know how hot food can be, and we're actually going to do that this week with a local. <laughs> Uh, uh, bar grill, bar grill, bar grill that that specializes in wings. One of our favorite wing joints. We're going to take seven each, seven wings each, and then Volg's actually really good with hot stuff, and I'm not. <laughs> and so it's probably going to be a train wreck. But we just try and do something that each week when you tune in, it's going to be something different. It's going to be something entertaining. And I never want we never want somebody to tune in and say, oh, they're not doing anything special this week. There's no sense in watching it because the more viewers you get and the more sharing that you get, more sets of eyeballs you get on it. It's it's a lot of fun. And um, I've de- definitely sacrificed a couple of jean sizes for some of the food, <laughs> the food challenges that we've done. Um, but it's 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 a lot of fun. And, and it's a chance for us to show that, you know, our business is, is it's not just video games. It's also entertainment. And, and we have a lot of fun doing it. So. That's so funny about the hot sauce. My friends and I do that for fun. And like, oh, we'll God. get, yeah, my friend uh, most recently, his name's Brandon. Um, he basically took a, he got this hot sauce called The End. <laughs> and uh, it literally is the end. Oh my gosh, we are all dying. So um, good luck, Whoa. my friend. <laughs> You're going to have well, an there, awesome time. One, yeah, there's one that um, I bought. Like, I was just going off Scovels and, and trying to do it you know, uh, gradually. And uh-huh. there's one I got that I think it's like 500,000 Scovels and it's called pure cap. And, uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. I was basically doing our, you know, the filter for our live video. I was creating it this week and Vogue's kind of like a hot sauce aficionado. And he looked up this pure cap and here it's pure capsaicin. It's not even a hot sauce. It comes wow. in an eyedropper. Oh my gosh. And he was like, this one probably is going to hurt worse than the million Scoville one because it's just pure it's just the element that they make hot sauce out of there's no (laughs) like chili powder there's no tomato sauce in the hot sauce it's just literally 
the element that makes everything so hot. So that is probably going to be an absolute nightmare. And um, I'm not ready. I mean, Bog's, like, <laughs> Bog's, beaten, Bog's beaten the Buffalo Wild Wings Blazing Challenge like two or three times. Oh, yeah. And I tried oh it gosh. and I couldn't do it. So, I mean, he's like a five-star general when it comes to that sort of thing. <laughs> Me, I'm like I'm like a gumshoe. I'm, I'm – I'm like a oh, it's 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 going to be nuts, but uh, yeah, each week we just try and do something different and something that people can can have fun with and watch and maybe talk about at work the next week and say, hey, did you watch you know the cartridges galore live video? They were eating like twenty fillet of fishes and and somebody that they might work with say, no, what is that? And then we might get a new a next viewer or a new viewer the following week um, for somebody trying to find out what exactly all this 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 nightmare is so uh yeah we have a lot of fun with it and it's it's kind of taken a life of its own okay uh garrett where can our listeners actually uh watch uh friday night live at five it is on our uh home facebook page but we share it to all our stores pages so if you just search on facebook on the phone obviously on the app on your phone it's more likely more than likely where you're gonna search it just searching your search bar cartridges galore video games um and the home page or the original page is where we broadcast from but whichever store is closest to to you is probably going to pop up first if you follow or like that page um we share the video to all of our all eight of our facebook pages whenever we go live so one way or the other if you just search cartridges galore video games and start there you're going to get a chance to see it friday awesome Okay, so uh, do you guys have any upcoming in-store events or promotions that are, you know, not hot sauce related or? <laughs> um, not hot sauce related. I don't mm. know. We, we, <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll give maybe we'll give away hot so- the hot sauces this week. Um, well, we do. So we just launched a new rewards program, which uh-huh. is running at all eight of our stores, and essentially all it is is a sign up where for every dollar you spend at any of our stores, it carries over whether you're in Maryland, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, good at all eight of our locations. And all you have to do is sign up using a phone number and an email. And for every dollar you spend, you get a point. Now, after 100 points, you get a $10 off voucher. And what's cool about this is we have people that have spent hundreds, if not thousands of dollars um, over the years and spent you know hundreds and thousands of dollars over the years and um they get a chance to get a little kickback you know a little something back for all the money they spend with us and then also what's cool about the program is as soon as you sign up if you are a rewards member you get five dollars off new releases so a game that is regularly 59.99 like for example smash brothers or kingdom hearts or resident evil 2 some of the newer ones that people are really kind of after and, and are waiting at noon when we open to kind of get their new copy of instead of fifty nine ninety nine that's we take five bucks off it's fifty four ninety nine as long as you're a rewards member and there's going to be different tiers of membership and it's it's under the premise CG rewards game like a king or queen because um, mm-hmm. it's you know it's legal um, but at any rate it's there's going to be different tiers where the more money you spend you might get you know, some, some different swag. You might get a t-shirt or, um, you know, more money off of a purchase, et cetera. But mm-hmm. we're just in the beginning stages of, of launching that. And I think after the first two weeks, we have about three or 4,000 people that have already signed up, oh, wow. um, all across the country. Um, whether via our, our new website or Facebook or coming into the store, we've had at least three or 4,000 people that have already taken advantage of that and are now, getting their purchases tracked and eligible for really cool discounts. So that's that's the main thing I think that we've just started. We'll have different flash sales for VIP and rewards members and um, depending on, you know, the weekend if something's going on in the, in the local area germane to each store, we may have like, you know, buy a PS2, get a couple of games free. Um, so it's kind of just fly by the seat of our pants other than the rewards program and the VIP and things like that for right now. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's really awesome. Um, okay, so I guess shifting gears a little bit. Um, sure. Are you guys going to any upcoming conventions? We have, the answer is yes. We uh-huh. have kind of a con circuit is what we call it where 
essentially throughout the year, we try and make it to at least four to six conventions. Um, some of the staple conventions that we have been a part of, and I think we have a standing order to be a part of, um, and the dates always change, but I know mm-hmm. that Awesome Con is usually early in the spring. It's been as early as March and as late as, I think, June or July. The first year we did it, I feel like it was in the middle of, of summer. But at any rate, Awesome Con down in D.C. at the convention center. Um, we've done now, I think we're going on our fifth year. That has been a really, really cool convention. A couple of years ago, Stan Lee, rest in peace, was there. Um oh, wow. So we got a, a chance to rub elbows with the goat, you know, the legend. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, growing up as a 90s kid this past year, the cast from Boy Meets World was there. Oh, wow. Whoa, that's that's cool. awesome. So that was, yeah, that, that kind of that brought it all back to reality. <laughs> um, but they, they always do a really good job. I think the pull for Awesome Con is the guests that they have. Yeah, definitely. Um, John Boy- Boyega has been there. Oh, wow. Um, He's a little bit pricey to get a to get in contact with to get a picture and autograph, but um, yeah, Awesome Con is always a, a staple for us, and we have a standing order to be a part of that. Uh, more recently, dating back a couple of months, we did Baltimore Comic Con, which is right down across from Camden Yards. If you're an Orioles fan, mm-hmm. um, at the convention center there, that usually is in the fall, and it's it's been a real nice convention for us. Um, their guest list isn't as always, isn't always as star studded as other ones, but it's kind of one of those conventions where everybody from down around the Baltimore area and the central and Southern and Eastern Maryland area come to Baltimore because it's just, that's what a convention is. You know, you, you get a chance to, to meet up with some buds who you may have went to a convention with before in cosplay and, Mm -hmm and and get some you know some new art and i personally i've learned a lot and volk who does the live videos with me he's usually um the number two man but his nickname isn't number two um (laughs) he always does the conventions with either me or whomever else there is and i find myself a lot of times when people walk by dressed up and they're doing their cosplays i'll kind of nudge volk and say who's that like who, now who's this now who's that it probably gets annoying for him but it's kind of a learning experience because there's only so far of a reach for me personally that i have for some of this stuff so it's cool to kind of get an education that way that next year when somebody like that walks up i can start a conversation and say hey you know you're this person from resident evil or you're <laughs> yeah, and what's cool what's cool about the conventions that, that i always love is people will cosplay some just off the wall things so there's a guy who comes to a lot of them who dresses up like Bob Ross. <laughs> and what's, oh. what even makes the world even smaller is the guy who dresses up like Bob Ross, who's been to a lot of conventions, Vogg actually knows from years ago playing online. So the world oh, gets smaller. That's really cool. And that, yeah, exactly. And um, this past year in Baltimore, there was a guy dressed up like Eddie Murphy from Coming to America with like the lion head. <laughs> yeah from Zamunda and and it was a chance for me to shine because I remember seeing him and I said oh uh Prince from Zamunda and the guy was so ecstatic that finally somebody (laughs) called him out properly so that was big for me I was like wow I'm kind of earning my stripes here in the in the cosplay community (laughs) but um you get a chance to see a lot of people that um are different from you I mean you you know a lot of the people that are there um aren't like everybody else you know it, it's it's a yeah. chance for people from all walks of life you know wherever you can you come from to get together and to, to do workshops and and meet celebrities and get pictures and see how other people cosplay a certain character and this past year in baltimore we were sitting there at, at our booth which we did very very well and we seem to, to have a lot of traction selling handhelds that's one of our big seller in conventions is the original game boy like people go nuts for those but uh a guy walked up to our booth and I looked at him and I was like, I went to college with him and <laughs> Vogue and I were sitting there and I nudged him and I was like, this guy right here I went to college with, his name's Marcellus. Well, the guy never looked up at us. He just kept walking and I got on Facebook real quick because it's been, oh God, it's been like, <laughs> unfortunately it's been 10 years since I was in college. But mm-hmm. anyway, um, I wrote on his wall and here he had put up pictures from, from the convention. So it was definitely him and I wrote on his wall and I said, 
the next time you come to our booth and don't say hi, we're going to have an issue. <laughs> so about 30 seconds later, my phone goes off from a number that I didn't have saved because I go through cell phones like Tic Tacs after uh, a wing challenge. But um, <laughs> it was him and he was like, he was like, Garrett, are you really at this convention? I was like, yeah, and you were really at our booth. So I haven't seen him in, in 10 years. And he came up and that was really cool. So uh, again, Awesome Con's really good. We've done Baltimore Comic Con. We've done Steel City. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we basically did that so I could dress up like Ric Flair. Um, <laughs> we've done awesome. too many games the past couple of years up, uh, up in the outskirts of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. We've done some regional and municipal conventions in, uh, Hagerstown and state college and, and, uh, Morgantown. But, uh, we, we try and get to at least four to six different conventions or events like that a year. That's cool. Yeah, and for anyone that does visit your booth, um, can they get reward points for their uh, their membership? Sure. Now, now, what's cool about the conventions also is, so for example, like I'll use the DC convention and the Baltimore convention. That's about a half hour um, to about forty five minutes away from our Frederick store. So people that are from outside of DC, outside of Baltimore, will come up to the booth look at our logo and we'll start talking and we bring business cards to the Frederick store and say, Hey, if you're into this sort of thing, or if there's something we may not have brought, because somebody always asks for something you don't have, mm-hmm. we'll, we will push them and give them a business card and say, Hey, you know, we're about a half hour, 45 minutes away from here. Just right up I 70. Um, you ought to give us a, sh- you know, give us a shot and, and take a drive. And a lot of them do. So that gives them an opportunity to become a rewards member and to get points. And then hopefully if we knock it out of the park, not only at the convention, but then also on their first trip to the Frederick store, which I have no, I no doubt that we will. Um, yeah, they become a rewards member, a return customer. And then hopefully at that point we have ourselves a brand new customer and, uh, a customer for life. Right on. Oh, that's, that's amazing. So, okay, we're going to start wrapping up and I want to do two more things. Um, next, we're going to have a sort of a lightning round. Yeah. So, uh, um, <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. So, okay. First one. And uh, just off the top of your head, top five games. Oh, boy. I'm probably the worst person to ask. <laughs> top five games. Okay. On a personal level, um, I would say in no particular – maybe in like in no particular order. Okay. But uh, one of my favorite games – is NHL 95 for the Sega Genesis. So oh, awesome. growing up in the dark ages before the internet was a big thing and mm-hmm. and Facebook and social media, you had two options on a Friday night. Either you, well, I guess three options. Option number one was you had your parents drive you to the mall and drop you off, and hopefully you didn't get thrown out of the mall. That's option one. Number two was... Um, you went to somebody else's house and maybe spent the night and option three, which was more than anything, my favorite option. And that was staying home and watching like home alone two on VHS and <laughs> playing video games and firing up the Sega. So NHL 95, I absolutely love, love it to this day. Um, very good game. There was no fighting in it. 94 was a lot better because it mm-hmm. had fighting. But for me personally, um, NHL 95 is a big one. Uh, the next game I would argue in my top five is Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Okay. That came out for me the fall after I graduated college. Mm-hmm. And a couple of my buddies from my hometown were real into it. And then through Xbox Live, I was able to, to get a chance to keep in contact with my friends from college and play with them. But I mean to tell you, I would at that time, this is before we had a store, at that time, I... Well, I still work at a radio station, but I would work from 4 a.m. to about 8 a.m. at the radio station. I would come home. I would nap from 8 a.m. to about 11. I would wake up. I would go to the gym, eat lunch, and then the rest of the day I would be on Xbox Live playing Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. That, to me, was one of my one of the, my favorite games, not only because of how many hours I sunk into it. I really liked how after so many this and that you could earn badges and emblems and titles um that was a big thing and then also i think just for that game it was it was the last stand before the current day 
um, types of games, first person shooters where like you have a jetpack and you can double jump and like, I don't know, fly across the map and there's grappling hooks and all this craziness. It was kind of by today's standards, pretty bare bones, but it was good enough for me. And it was one that I really, really sunk, sunk a lot of hours into. So that's two. Um, third one, for me, I would say Tony Hawk 2 oh, on the awesome PlayStation. <laughs> um, that soundtrack was was iconic, yeah. and it kind of got me. I remember I had the first Tony Hawk, and I kind of liked it. It was all right. But what was cool about Tony Hawk 2 was you could create your own parks. You could create your own gaps and name them. Um, I had about four or five memory cards that were just filled 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 with different parks and different park names and and things like that and then the soundtrack was awesome it had like you know that was i think that was the first time i was introduced to rage against the machine um the gorilla radio was on that um a lot of really good music um so that's up there and then it was kind of once you played tony hawk or tony hawk 2 you were going to get three you were going to get four you were going to play you know, Project Aid and American mm-hmm. Wasteland. We don't have to talk about Tony Hawk Five because that game <laughs> was pretty much some buns. But uh, <laughs> that that whole series was was really really big for me. So that's three. Um, I would say up there as well. And it's it's honestly it's just because it's the current day game, and unfortunately, I got I've gotten roped into playing it with a couple of my buddies who stream, and and it's a game that. Uh, it's the only one that's really held my attention recently, and that's unfortunately it's Fortnite. Right on. Um, I hate to sa- I hate to sound like I'm a ten year old. <laughs> um, I don't get into the whole skins thing and buying V coin or whatever they're yeah. called V bucks or whatever, and, and doing different things. Um, but it's a lot of fun, and it's a chance once again. It, it reminds me of Modern Warfare Two, not the gameplay or not how the game is played, but just that at the end of the night when I'm settling down. And I got nothing else to do for a couple hours. I'll just fire up my Xbox, and I'll, there will be people on who will um, play the game. And probably the fifth one, and I know I'm missing a lot. And after we're done here, I'll probably kick myself for not mentioning other games. But it comes with the territory. I would say um, number one for me is probably NBA Jam for oh, Sega. Right on. Um, that was a game that I can remember. My dad used to work as a secret shopper slash security guard at a department store okay. in the Western Maryland, um, Western Pennsylvania area. It was called Hills. It was Hills Department Store. And he worked, his second job was a secret shopper for, for Hills. And it was a Sunday night, and this game had just come out. And of course, you know, the commercials for that were so nutsy, and I, I wanted it so bad because there's these guys doing like you know triple backflips and the basketball's on fire and it's it's live action and it's really cool and the bulls are on it and all this all this stuff well somebody had actually tried to steal a copy of it and had broken the seal and went out into the parking lot with the game and had opened it and under store policy at that time once the game was opened they couldn't put it back on the shelf for sale mm-hmm. so he you know, he apprehended the guy who tried to steal oh. it and took it back into the store. And his manager was like, you know, would your boy play that game? And he was like, yeah, I, th- I think he would. I think he's been talking about it. So they sold it to him for like, I think like 10 or 20 bucks oh, um, cool. or Aww. something pretty much crazy, crazy cheap. Yeah. And he brought it home and everything was still in it. I mean, it had the original clam show. It had the cool poster, which, of course, immediately went up on my wall and <laughs> for the rest of the night we sat there and and played the game and um my dad and i would all we would play that game we would play like toddler sort of baseball and that was a big rivalry Mm -hmm. was we would play sega genesis games against one another and um that's really a fond memory for me um besides like you know going outside and having a catch and playing you know sports and stuff like that my dad and i would would always kind of have this rivalry where at one point one of us would get angry at the other one or a controller would be you couldn't really throw them because they were corded you know they were wired controllers so <laughs> it's almost like throwing a yo-yo but um yeah i would say NBA jam is definitely definitely up there as a as a game that uh i really appreciated and and put a lot of hours into right on wow that, that was great <laughs> i love awesome that. list and don't worry about the fortnite i'm i'm 32 like i played fortnite right when it came out last year and i had so much fun 
and uh, you know I kind of stopped playing for a bit, but you know I I jump in at any second. So <laughs> but, uh, you, know, you you, me- you mentioned you mentioned not playing it. I have tweeted at Epic a couple of different times. I really feel like they should have a playlist called Fortnite Classic, where it's the original map. Mm-hmm. Whether or not they want to do original guns is is fine, but I feel like. If you don't keep up with that game and you don't continually play it, <laughs> yeah. Like I took like five months off and I came back and there was like mini guns and guided missiles and all of a sudden there's planes up in the air and I'm just like, oh my god, I don't yeah, know what, what I'm this? doing. Like, <laughs> yeah. So that would be really cool if they had just for the average Fortnite uh, player, just you know, Fortnite classic where it's the original map and original guns and for people that aren't diehards it's a chance to not feel like you're an idiot after taking a couple of months off and and you know just kind of getting back into the game and feeling like <laughs> you're an on an alien planet yeah, so. definitely. but uh you know that's, that's fine um would you uh let's see uh, are you able to do the dances <laughs> i am not see i'm under the assumption i'm i'm 31 and uh-huh. Number one, a person of my stature should never dance. Um, I gotta, if there's a such thing as two left feet, I, I may have two and a half left feet. So I kind of keep keep both feet on the ground. I don't floss. I don't. Maybe the Carlton I could probably do. I don't. I don't know if they're still being sued for that or not. But uh, <laughs> dating back to Fresh Prince of Bel Air, that was cool to see that on it. But um, that might be as close as I am to ever dancing a Fortnite dance. Noted. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so would that, would that make you a uh, high school class of 05? It would. Rest in peace. God. Great memories. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but like every time I meet someone that's like in the same like class as me and we're in the same interest, I'm like, oh, okay, there's someone else that's still keeping the dream alive in terms yeah, of retro gaming. Yeah, this is normal. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty normal. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so is there anything else you'd like to say to your listeners? Our listeners. <laughs> well, I, I do want to thank Hyperkin. Um, you know, you guys talked about the cool stuff that we have around the store. I mean, I feel like at this point, uh, we couldn't be where we are without Hyperkin and, and some of your guys' products from the N64 controllers. Because when we started out, I mean, you get controllers in where the joysticks were limp, and um, basically, we we were so desperate for them, we came upon Hyperkin and started. You know, I think we've been ordering now for, I want to say going on five years at least mm-hmm. um, from you guys. GameCube controllers have been absolutely huge. We started out selling those for like $6 a pop. Mm-hmm. And I think now like the going rate for an original GameCube controller in good conditions, like 18, um, you know, AV cords, the Retron five that, that Hyperkin came out with was really a game changer. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. we sold those so well, it was almost like hotcakes where, Hey, if you don't want to buy a Nintendo, a Super Nintendo, a Sega, handheld systems, we have this system that has a wireless controller and you can <laughs> save and it plays all five slash six plus Famicom games if you want to buy that. And people really, really jumped on it. And uh, that's been cool. And then now the Retron HD systems that you guys carry. Um, so we have to give a lot of love and a lot of thanks to, to Hyperkin for making our inventory um beefed up enough and making a lot of things possible so yeah you know we do a good job with trade-ins and stuff like that but it's always good to have a company like hyperkin that specializes and that carries things that can keep your business growing you don't have to wait maybe a week for a new n64 controller (laughs) that doesn't have a limp joystick to come through the door you just place an order with you guys and and have it you know in about a week so uh big big love and big shout out to hyperkin Awesome. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. Well, absolutely. Um, yeah, it was a really good conversation. Uh, we had a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you had fun as well. And uh, absolutely. Yeah. Just so, uh, yeah. Cartridge galore, everyone. This was Garrett Egan. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for uh, for being on our show. Our first episode. Yeah. <laughs> so you're our first yeah. guest. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully I didn't blow it. Hopefully... Uh... Maybe maybe the second one you can get somebody a little bit more prominent. But uh, I no, it. no, we were glad to have you. Yeah, you're fine. Absolutely, thanks, guys. All right, thank you. You have a good day. Thank you. Good luck with All the right, hot sauce. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I'll need it. Take care. Wow, that was.
was that was actually a really good conversation. I didn't think we would get that many great stories for our first uh, episode. What'd you think, Celia? Yeah, that was really cool. The SNES kiosk sounds super awesome. Yeah, definitely. Imagine having that in your house. Oh my gosh, I'd want to. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everyone, you can actually find Cartridges Galore on Facebook at facebook.com slash cartridgesgalore, or you can go to cartridgesgalore.games.com. Thank you so much for joining us. We had a lot of fun. Definitely, and stay tuned for our next episode. We'll be posting all the details on Hyperkin's social media pages. In the meantime, remember to play well. And live well. Bye-bye. Bye! Bye.